haben die Wand. Und keiner hat die Fanting, der haben die Hand. Der Jumping up and long, der Dolgi war dumm. Carrying on like them is a hooligan. We gon' mash up everything like we have insurance. And tear down everything like we have insurance. We gon' shell on everything like we have insurance. When crazy people reach up, they have insurance. Cause we have endurance. We gon' mash it up and buy back. Johnny Fontaine, a.k.a. Vinci's Bad Boy. I am pleased to welcome Problem Child on today's show. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I would like to first off uh, start off by saying thank you for being a very special guest on my show. And for those of you who do not know Problem Child, he is an incredibly talented artist, soca artist. He was able to successfully integrate his Vinci culture mixed with an American sound. As a global ambassador of soca music, he shows the world what West Indians have known for years, that problem child and soca music are forces to be reckoned with. 
And well, with that being said, welcome, <laughs> problem child, to my Thank show, and let's Thank get you. started. Thank yes, you. Yes, ready to go. <laughs> so, tell us, how did you get into the music industry? Um, I wouldn't say I really got into the industry. I, I would more so say the industry chose me because um, I was just like a fan of music, much like any other person who likes music. It wasn't nothing special to it. Uh, it wasn't something that I set out to do. Of course, I had, you know, dreams and hopes and aims and so on. But I never really applied myself. But from playing around with the music, to cut a long story short, I guess my talent fell in on the right ears. And um, this gentleman recorded me many, many years ago. And I put a song out for St. Vincent's Carnival, which we call Vinci Mass. I okay. put that song out. And it did... um very well did very well and you know i was just getting getting a lot of messages about how well the song did and whatever but i was still like yeah whatever you know i'm just playing around and then i did another song the following year and that song did well and i got a booking in toronto that was my cool. very first soca booking and once i realized that the promoter paid me um paid for my flight fed me you know, the, the full works, I, I didn't know that this was possible. I didn't know that this, how, this is how it worked. So that experience kind of did it for me where I was kind of like, wait a minute. I could survive doing this if I really applied myself. So that's when I started applying myself and trying. And then uh, I think it might have been two years later, I had the song Party Animal and everything took off from there. So before before that, it was more or less me just playing around with music, just toying with it. Just knowing I had some talent, but not really applying it. Okay. Now, was that back in about maybe 2010, 2009, when you first did that show here in Toronto? No, 2005, I think it might. 2005, okay. Yeah, cool. it was a very, very, very tiny show, very small audience, but yet, and still it exposed me to what the possibilities are, you know? And that's what made me see that I might be interested in music on a more serious level to, you know, pursue it as an artist, a full-time artist. Awesome. And now what inspired you to want to do music? Uh, music is just, you know, some things you just have a natural knack for and a natural love for. I guess, I guess it's the training that I received, not formal training, but in terms of as a child, the radio would always be on in the house. And I just heard so many different genres of music because my uncle was a dj he played whatever he played my mother liked something else she played whatever she played my dad loved music my uncle other uncle was a drummer so you know it was just music 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 that was, that was always in my presence so without me knowing i guess i was kind of being taught and trained at an early age so i just develop a natural love it's like anything you get accustomed to over uh, a period of time, especially when you're a child, because your brain is somewhat like a sponge to soak it up. I guess right. I just soaked it up from then into adulthood. Okay. From life of the party to nasty up, you've made banger after banger over the years. And these tracks always get the fets ready. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell us a little a bit about your music. Um, wow. Woo, that's, that's, that's a lot to speak on. <laughs> Um, to keep it very general, you know, I just try to, I just try to put my best foot forward and write, um, on topics and, and use concepts that people could resonate with, you okay. know, things that 
I may put out there and someone might hear and say, you know what? I believe that's me. He's really talking about me or I've experienced this or uh, I know someone who have experienced this situation or this is me, you know, so on and so forth. And um, even when I write for other people, because I've written a bunch of other hit songs for other people as well, you know, I try to make it relatable. He says, who has to now go and record, perform the song as well as the people they're performing too. So, I mean, that's just to put it on a, on a broad scale. That's just how I apply myself. I'll be honest with you. Growing up, I really wasn't very familiar with uh, soca music. And I, I knew some dance hall, even though with my West Indian culture, I knew more of the mainstream stuff. But many years back, I heard Life of the Party. And it's interesting that you said people can relate to it. I said, that's that track. They are talking about me. He's talking yeah. about me. And that was it. Like it was something went off and I became a carnivalist and a fetter after that. So well, me, myself, me, myself growing up. I mean, of course I knew of Soka. I liked it, but you know, I wasn't that much into it. It was when I migrated to the U S. Um, I guess I've, I've since makes the heart grow fonder. Yes. Because it wasn't really there it wasn't very prevalent and when i would go out i would hardly hear it like two or three songs but it was so refreshing to hear it right and then i was more into dance hall and hip-hop and it was very difficult still is to get into the dance hall market so i just started using my dance hall flow or my dance hall vibe on the soca beats and it started to work for me which is why yeah i put a party sounds kind of sort of the way it does Right. It does have that dance hall vibe to it. Yeah. And um, I, I also wrote another song on that same beat, what we call a rhythm, called um, A Little Why Never Hurt Nobody for Patrice Roberts. So Okay. Yeah. There's so, a story behind that. Awesome. Yeah, so that's, that, that song in itself helped my career to take off from right in hers and mine, and they both kind of grew. Glad that you shared that. And now tell us a bit, how did you learn to write and sing music. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call what I do singing. <laughs> I call. I get by. <laughs> <laughs> I get by. But um, as far as writing, I guess it happened the same way. The same way um, music got into me, just by hearing all these melodies over the years and and the structure of music. Um, at a certain point, I learned how counting bars worked: sixteen bars, eight bars. And so on and so forth. How many beats make a bar? And, and, you know, the basics, but it's, it's all about a vibe. It's all about just putting the right words to the beat or putting the right words down. Um, not necessarily by writing it out, but in your mind and in your soul and just knowing how to deliver. It's like I could speak to you and get you to right. understand something, or I could sing what I'm trying to get to you get the point I'm trying to get across to so you sing it and have it stuck in your mind for a longer time period because I use melodies and certain words. And then, you know, the more you do it, you learn little tricks. It gets a little bit more intricate where, you know, should I say we are going or we are going or let's go, you know, which basically is saying just about the same thing, but depending on the point you want to bring across, sometimes one word change or the different usage different usage of a certain word could just alter the whole thing or just change the whole thing flip it a whole different way give it a whole different meaning so these mm -hmm. things i've learned over time but it's all just based on vibe now tell us how you brought 
your Vinci sound to more of a mainstream market. Um, and you're one of the most iconic crossover Soka artists out there. So, you know, in the game. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Um, well, music is naturally always evolving and the, the, the sound of Vinci Soka is a, is a little bit more raunchy and a little yes. bit more <laughs> aggressive yeah, and a little bit more raw than some other aspects of soca music. So, I mean, I just try to incorporate it, you know, when necessary. You may hear a song and you may hear none of that in there because that's not what I'm trying to relate, you know, right. to the public. But there are times when I have to do it. It's always there when I'm ready for it. So I just use it when necessary. Okay. Now, I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there is curious about your name, Problem Child is definitely a very unique name. Can you tell us about the inspiration behind it? Ah, um, I was basically called that once or twice. It wasn't really a name that stuck. It was when I, I came here on vacation at a very, very, very early age. Um, and it was me and somebody else, and they used to say, oh, problem, one on problem to what you're not up to now. We always just looked like <laughs> we weren't up to anything. We weren't up to anything, but we just always looked like. Let's find something okay. to do, you know, and um, that's just how it really started. But it wasn't really my name back in St. Vincent. So I just took it from here and took it back there when I needed a moniker to go by. And then right. it, it really fits because it turns out no one really knows that story, but they usually say, yo, you're a real problem because I guess because <laughs> of little things like, like I'm outspoken, you know, and I speak my mind, you know, and I give it. I give it the way it is, you know, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a lot. I was, I wanted to say I'm a bit of a perfectionist, but it's, it's more than just a bit. I'm somewhat of a perfectionist, you know. I like things to be done correctly, and you know, some people can that don't sit right with some people. Right. Yeah. Well, being in the music game, you do need to be a bit of a perfectionist, especially writing tracks, producing tracks, putting everything together with the melodies. You yeah. want everything to be flawless, so that actually is beneficial for you so uh, over your uh, career so far you've worked with a ton of different artists in the industry i've seen ravi b beanie man bungee fan and the list goes on and on who have you not worked with that you'd love to collab with in the future i've I've pretty much worked with everybody in soca i've done i've worked with michelle montano i've worked Mm -hmm. with trice roberts king baba shal marshall you know most of the more recent hit songs um, I've penned. Um, so the people I really want to collaborate with are outside the genre of soca per se, because mm-hmm. I like to challenge myself and I do think that I'm, I have the capability of writing not just soca music, but other genres as well. So the people who I want to collaborate with are people who, who don't really sing soca because I've done that so much already, you know, um, it's time for new challenges, if you may. Well, anyone in particular that you've been thinking about? Oh, yeah, lots of people. <laughs> people like um, um, Kanye West, Jay-Z. Cool. Uh, Rihanna, uh, Vibes Cartel, um, Idonia, whoever. Just a bunch of people who I, who I rate. I like, I like crazy genres. It's like, I like hall rock. And, and people oh, like, wow. I okay. listen to people like Lana Del Rey and stuff like that. You know, her and... People like that. I just listen to a, a wide, wide, wide variety of music. Okay, that's that's excellent. Yeah. Um, now, 
you've been in so many concerts worldwide. You've done so many concerts worldwide. Tell us, what do you love most about performing? Oh, man. Just, just, it's going to sound really corny or basic. Just being there. Just, just being able to communicate with the people, you know, exchange words, you know, command them to do certain things and, and to feel their energy and see the way they reaction, react to songs that I wrote, you know, songs that I just put out there, songs that I do for the love of it. Right. Or mostly. And to see that people are so receptive to the stuff that I, that I've done, that I've recorded is, is an amazing feeling. It's hard to describe. Very hard to describe. You could get very caught up in the moment. I right. think it's like it's way better than looking at a movie or something. It's like living a dream for that for that time period. Your music is known worldwide and heard by so many people. Um, and I've been to a ton of your shows in North America, and your performances are always high energy. Everyone's dancing, everyone's shouting, jumping. Everyone's always having a, an amazing, amazing time. And I've always been curious because. You know, every time I see you, you're always jumping up on stage, running here, running there, jumping there. I'm like, okay, he's been traveling. He's been this. He's been, how did, where do you get the energy from to keep up with these shows? I mean, you get used to it. It's just like any job, you know, it's like a pilot flying a plane. You might look at it like, wow, that looks really complicated. (laughs) You know, first couple of times, you know, it's kind of like he needs some kind of guidance and he's learning. And then after a while, it becomes like nothing. He's just adrenaline kicks in a lot of endorphins and that helps you to get through it you know i've performed injured before in doing the performance i can't tell that i'm injured even i can't tell wow the audience audience can't tell is it comes with the territory so you have to embrace it and know how to how to do what you have to do yeah i mean even if you were injured i don't think you would show it um you'd still be jumping up and down and doing your usual shenanigans on stage because you are a true entertainer. And on that same topic, I mean, these fets are massive. Those stages are massive. And I've watched you perform in huge, huge sold out events. There are some people who the natural fear of speaking or singing in front of people, stage fright. Have you ever encountered that in your career and how did you overcome it? I mean, it is something that, you know, our listeners would be definitely interested in learning more about. I would say very, very, very early in my career. Okay. Like very early. I just wanted to not, it wasn't so much that I was afraid. I just wanted to mm-hmm. not mess up, not mess up. Right. But you, you gain confidence after a while. You gain so much confidence and then. Once you know what you're doing, confidence is very, very important. It's, it's, it's more or less like it's borderline cocky where I know I'm not going to mess up. I'm, I know I'm going to do well out there. You have to believe in yourself and you have to sort of kind of sort of feel yourself, as they say, feel your own energy. Like, yeah, when I go out there, I'm in charge. I'm in control. Right. And once you once you acknowledge and believe that to a T, then you don't really, you don't really have stage right. What I get is anxiety. Like, I'm ready. Like, come on. Come on, let's go. Like, I'm, I'm at the bottom of the stairs or wherever at the entrance of the stage. Like, I'm ready to go. Always ready to go. Once, once they announce my name and I know I'm about to go on stage, I just turn into a whole different person. Now, you've done a ton of performances and work with so many artists over the years. If you can open a show for an artist, who would that be? 
actually I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't choose the opening show. <laughs> you know, because the opening act is really not really the headliner. I would most right. try to be the headliner. So I wouldn't say open, but like perform alongside or perform yeah. on the same event. I mean, I perform on, on the stages with everybody in Soka probably. So once again, it would not be within so the Soka genre. Because I, okay. I don't think there's any Soka um, act that I haven't graced the stage with or graced their stage or or I've headlined and whatever the case may be, they've headlined and I've performed. It, it's, it's so many times that I've done that. So once again, it'll have to be outside of Soka. And it will probably be, be the same names I mentioned earlier. Now, where's the one place that you love performing the most and uh, why? Oh, that's easy. That's St. Vincent. That's, okay. that's easy because our energy is just different. The, the crowd response is just always different. I've gotten great crowd responses in Toronto. And mm-hmm. Toronto is right up there with St. Vincent, right up there. But because the crowd is more diverse and it's mixed, and you have some people who might be at a Toronto event that is still not really hip to what happens, or it might be their first event, or they might like a particular type of music type of soca but in St. Vincent I get what I want every single time right you know? so it's we're, we're, we're a little bit crazier than, than most <laughs> you know yeah the responses are crazy and the things they do to show that they appreciate you or what we call a forward things that they do to give you a forward is crazy and outlandish you could go it could be anything it's just wild and crazy and that's what I like now what do you think are the unique skills that you bring to the table that sets you apart from other soca artists just just overall vibe and image for sure mm-hmm. for sure image for sure 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 like you know my parents you know if you know you know if you know you know like i'm i don't think i'm similar to anybody in that regard you know image wise um it may be somewhat close yeah there might be some similarities but to a t i'd like to differ i don't think I'm like anybody. It's like my energy is just like all the way up all, all the time. Right. Know, so that's basically what it is. I think I could do like a variety of different things. Like no matter what Soka evolves into, you know, whether it's the harsh, aggressive stuff I could do, it, whether it's the smooth, groovy stuff, I get by with that. You know, whether it's the dance hall sounding stuff, I get by with that. As well as as far as songwriting goes, you know, there's a lot that I do as far as writing in terms of songs that I've written, especially within recent times for people that are major hit songs. I think that that helps in itself to set me apart. Great. That's great. Now, some of our listeners out there are thinking about music, you know, thinking about the music game. And what advice would you give to them for someone thinking about music and possibly wanting a career in music? Ah, uh, you, you, you got to have thick skin. You know, you got to have thick skin because you can hear hear things about yourself that you didn't even know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Things about yourself that, that of course, are not true, you know, negative, negative things. And most of all, if you're just starting out, you have to know not to give up. And your work ethic got to be on 100 at all times. Because the fact of the matter is, as much as music might not be for everyone, I could guarantee that anyone who applies themselves and doesn't give up will see some level of success. It's, it, it has to happen. If you don't give up, if you don't stop, and you apply yourself as far as work ethic go, you will realize 
some level of success. Maybe not what you wanted or what you aimed for, but you will be successful in some regard. You know, I, I actually totally believe what you just said there because... Oh, I'm living proof. It's not easy. It, and it still isn't easy. It still not isn't easy, but you have to know when you're when you're met with obstacles, you have to know how to use the obstacles to strengthen you. It's like I always tell people, half of these projects you see coming out are my projects. And, you know, it may seem like hard work, but it's what I had to do because other people weren't in, willing to include me at a certain point on their projects. So what was I going to do? Just stick, sit around and hope that someone eventually gives me a shot? I probably would still be here waiting because it still doesn't happen for the most right. part. Rarely right. doesn't happen. It happens, but very rarely. So I just started making my own projects and um, using my songwriting ability and just including other people on the projects who I know would do something for the project and then put myself on it. So right. you, have, you have to know how to face your obstacles and, and you know, resistance make you stronger. So embrace it. And th what you said is a thousand percent accurate because, you know, because of COVID, I actually got laid off from the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And I said, I have all this time on my hands. What am I going to do with my time? I literally started writing music. Three months later, I dropped my first album, working with producers, working oh, with different rappers, great. especially the Americans. I t the Americans seem to really like my music, which is really good. Um, and I mean, now for my next album, I'm working with bear artists and I That's never right. would have expected this would have ever happened. But if you're devoting 20 hours a day to your craft, you will I get bet better. you, you will yeah. get better. Yeah. It's just like me. Like, um, I, I've been recording myself, my song that's out right now, my single that's called, um, Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. it's out right now. I recorded that myself right here at my house because nice. I, could, I could not go to the studio. So I invested in studio equipment and I've been recording myself. I have an EP that's dropping July 10th. Okay. And um, there's five songs on it and I recorded all five songs on my own. So, you know, before that, I would have been going to the studio right. to do those recordings and I just recorded all the songs here. So that's something I knew how to do, but I never ventured into doing it on a level where the songs could be released. I mostly recorded myself for the sake of doing demos. So mm -hmm. now I might not ever go back to the studio to record a song unless need be. And so I mean, thank you. These these are things that came out of the pandemic that we can actually look at as a win, a big win. Yeah, I mean, every obstacle, every obstacle is always a way to make you stronger or make you smarter. For or sure, that's how I look at it. One thousand percent. Now it's crazy for me to say this, but I will say this. But soca is still not as mainstream as other genres, like let's say rap and hip hop or pop music, for example, mm -hmm. with so much talent, with so much talent that we have out there. Why would you say this is the case? And what are you doing to change this? I mean, the reason boils down to the industry people not liking the truth. And I'm asked this question a lot. And I, okay. I, usually, I usually hold back because we are a people who take things a lot personally. And we don't like the truth. We don't like the truth. Like, But it wasn't what someone wanted to hear. They would take it so personally and be upset. But then that doesn't get you anywhere. That right. don't get you no progress. Because no. The, the fact of the matter is the reasons, and there's a bunch of different reasons. There's no one reason. 
is a bunch of different reasons. Some I, I, I know of or some that I've realized I've grown to know. But okay. when, you, when you say it, as opposed to accepting or even listening to the fact that this might be true, we get upset. So we get upset and we do nothing about it. And then we don't move forward. For instance, for instance, we, we kind of always think or we have it that there's only this handful of people that we're looking at as major stars Mm. within the industry, right? Within the industry. But the people who are in power or who are able to make soca music a full genre might not don't find those people interesting. Right. Or might be looking at those people like, eh, whatever, for whatever reason. It doesn't have to be the music. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because the music is great, but I don't like the, the packaging. You know? And there could be someone out there who no one is looking at within our industry who we would never push up or put on a pedestal who, if that same person was seen by the powers that be, they might be like, wait a minute now. Hold on. This person, this individual, male, female, could be anybody. Mm-hmm. Let me find out some more about this person. And then by looking at that person, they discover a bunch of other people. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. that's that's one thing that could be looked at. Because you have to, I don't care what anyone say, says, if you're an artist, you have to look the part 90% of the time. You have to have that packaging where when you put it out there, people have to look at you like, yeah. All right. Even the other genres. You mentioned pop, hip hop, so on and so forth. Yeah. A, a lot of them don't rate or respect us because of what they see. They don't even bother. It. They don't even bother look, listening. I believe it. And, and it's the same concept as you could be walking down and something you're looking for is in a store. But if that store don't lure you in to that establishment, you may never get the product. Right. Because of what the store appearances, so the store's appearance is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Meanwhile, there's a store over here that has the product and you're not going in it. You're not going, you're not paying it no mind because like, whatever. You know? Yeah. And the store that has the product and the appearance is being hidden. You know what I'm saying? So even, even, even if the store that does has the, have the appearance that'll make you go in and get your product that you're looking for. It's on a back street or it's being, it's being put on a back street. So you will never walk down that street. So you don't know. You will never find your product. So we are not, right. we are not being discovered. Then the next thing is, and this is a very broad topic that could be a topic that is spoken on for like at least two or three hours. Wow. The, the next, the, uh, trust me on this. The next thing is for us to be a genre, we have to have enough body of music being put out there. And when it's put out, it has to be supported. Right. If, if how many how many soca albums came out for, for 2020 so far? I know that I, you... I, gar- I guarantee you six soca albums didn't come out so far this year. Yeah. Not, not very many. Not yeah. compilations from artists. We right. cannot be a genre with, 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 with five albums. Right. Th- th- that's a joke. And then when the five albums come out, there's enough. West Indians and fans of soca in the world to make a soca album go gold or platinum. Yes. But we don't buy the music. We don't stream it. We don't download it. Not enough. If you think about how many people migrated from the Caribbean right. to North America, if you think about how many West Indians live in North America, 
any soca artist should be able to put an album out and a song that sells for 99 cents yes <laughs> should go platinum every single time every single time it's 99 cents you have spotify you have apple music you have title yeah. but it's not being supported and you can't be mad at the governing bodies because if there's a genre of music and three albums is being put out when you do a top 10 or a top 100 and you want to do a top 100 soca you can't do a top 10 albums in soca because there aren't 10 albums to choose from wow you can't even shuffle it around you can't do a top one. You could do probably do a top 100 songs because there's yes. so many songs out there. Yes. But you cannot do a top 100 album. Are they going to, in, in, uh, as far from their point of view, waste their time and make a genre, an official genre for soca music when at the end of the day, it's not being supported. They're not going to make any money off it. They might as well shove us into modern dance hall or wherever they want to put us yeah i've seen that before yeah and and whatever money they make or whatever money is made is made there we have to do better in terms of releasing bodies of work and when it's released we have to do better at supporting these albums an album is 10 bucks right even if the people in the caribbean or west indies don't have the means of purchasing these albums because a lot of the digital platforms don't work there like I don't okay. think, I yeah, a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them don't work there. I think Spotify may work in some countries almost. Um, don't quote me on that, but I don't, I don't think that a lot of people are able to have those accounts. Okay, right. But based on North America alone, in Europe, yeah. based on North America and Europe, myself or any other artist should be able to put out a song and say, "I'm putting out a song on Friday. Go buy it." Right. And everyone with Spotify should at least just buy the song. It's 99 cents. If a song sells 500,000 copies, it goes gold. Yes. That's why they say numbers don't lie. If 500,000 copies of any song is sold, it goes gold. They have to recognize that. Yes. They can't, they can't ignore the fact that it goes gold. So when it does go gold, they're going to look at it like, what is this song that went gold? That just sold 500. Okay then that person now could make an argument for the genre that, listen, I'm not doing modern dance song. What I do is called soca. And if this person or that person or whoever puts out an album for 10 bucks, we have, we have more than 500,000 people living in North America and Europe combined. Of course. But we're, we're divided, which is another issue. I'm from St. Vincent and there are people who would like my music, but wouldn't buy it based on that alone. Wow. It, it, it's harsh to say, but it's factual. Yeah. Wow. It's harsh to say, but it's factual. They just wouldn't buy it because they say it's Vinci Soka. It's not this island Soka or it's not that island Soka. Wow. Yeah. So we've got real problems is what you're saying. It's not the fault of the governing bodies. Okay. Because they're in this, it's a business and no one is in this in business to do anyone any favors. Right. You have to go out there and accomplish what it takes. No one gets a gold medal by coming last. Nope. You got to win the race. No one gets stronger by sitting and laying in bed. You got to go run, lift whatever weights you got to lift. You have to, go, it has to be done. And then they're going to look at us differently, but we don't even look at us differently. So why should they? It's simple. I, I tried, I try to do songs in terms of what do I do that's different. I release my music. I have my second album dropping in October, hopefully. And mm -hmm. like I said, July 10th, I have my, um, 
EP dropping is called The Vaccine is dropping July 10th. You could, anybody could go out there and buy one song off the album that they like. Anyone. It's 99 cents. Yeah. At, at least download it. It's not costing you to download it. It's not costing you to download it. And downloads count as well. Yep. You know, I also try to work with people in different genres so that their target audience or their audience could also not look at them, but look at me as well. And in so doing, look at the soca genre. You know, there's a bunch of different things that I try to do, but it just has to be seen in a different light. Some people are just blinded to what talent really is. Some people think talent is who you are or the name that you've built for yourself. And right. that's what they look at. Oh, it ain't this name, so it can't be good. Right. Hey, yeah. That's what it is. Hmm. And you're right. I mean, tracks are 99 cents on iTunes, title, 99 cents. It's 99 cents. Just everybody's like, the, the genre need to do this, the genre need to do that. I don't know if they're not educated as far as what they can do to help. Okay. But but it's not being done. It's not being done. No, it's not. How many times do we get a, a plaque? I, I look at hip-hop. I'm heavily into hip-hop. I love hip-hop. And I'm watching these rappers hanging plaques on their wall ever so often. Platinum yep. plaques. Platinum plaques. It, it, it's just 500,000. It sounds like a little bit. It sounds like a lot, but it's a little bit. You know? I'll give you an example. There are okay. songs on YouTube, soca songs, that has millions of views. Yes. Because it's, because it's free to just go on YouTube to just watch it. Right? And some people love the song so much, they watch it a lot. They watch it a lot. And that's how the views go up. If you could have 5 million views on a soca song, you're not telling me 500,000 people can't buy a song for 99 cents. That's 500,000 people to, what is that, 10 times. To get five million, to get five million people, and we can't get it once when it comes to sales. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. with all the hits after hits that's been dropped in the industry, I I'm not even going to start calling names and tracks. There's been endless, mm -hmm. and I just was under the impression, not knowing so much about the music, that these were all like gold hits. No, they're not. They should be. Yeah, not they should be. And I'm not just speaking about my music. I'm speaking about all the great songs out there. Yes. They should be. It's, it's 99 cents. Yeah. If the, if the artist does not put an album out, the, I'm, I'm, I've guarantee you Soka, Soka music came such a long way that you could get or find almost any song that's released. You could find it out there on any other, any one of the media, um, digital media platforms. Of course. You, you can find it. So 99 cents is nothing. Well, that's one big takeaway, guys. Everyone listening, support our industry, support our music, support everything. Because at the end of the day, 99 cents does not break the bank. And um, I mean, albums are 10 bucks, 10 bucks on everything from Spotify, iTunes, 10 bucks gets you the album. So if that could be one of the big takeaways, listen up. You guys want to know. What is wrong with the industry? It starts from us. So really good takeaway. Awesome. Now, since we're still on this kind of a heated topic, I one thing that bothers me about the industry is because growing up, I've always been into hip hop and rap. That's my genre. That's even what I, I sing, my, my the music that I make. That's what I love. But when I want to jump up and fet, Obviously, soca, dance hall, and all of that is my go-to vibe. 
why is it that we're in 2020 and soca is still categorized soca chutney music when they are completely different, like extremely different genres? Why are they still categorized together? I'll never understand that. And maybe you can help me understand that. I, I, I guess because they're so similar. They're, 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 there's, there's chutney, but to be honest, there is soca chutney. Because they're, what, what happens when a chutney artist sings on a soca beat? Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. What happens when a chutney artist sings a song written by a soca songwriter? Okay. There is chutney soca. It does it does exist as opposed to just calling it soca. I think it's good to 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 still give chutney some love. For lack of a better expression, because technically speaking, it's a chutney artist doing it. You know, right. so, so I don't think it's fair to take it and call it chutney if it's if it's a soca beat, a soca concept written by a soca um songwriter and a chutney artist do it. And vice versa, it's not fair to just call it just just soca. But there is chutney that's so far and so distant from soca that's not soca at yes. all. Yes. And so, I think that's where I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there there's chutney soca does exist. Okay. That's interesting because I mean Let's say, for example, you did a dance hall track. You wouldn't call it Soka Dance Hall. It would be Dance Hall. That, and I think that, that's that's where that's where things start getting complicated. Because right, honestly, I would call it that. But there are some people who honestly wouldn't see it as dance hall. They'll still see it as Soka, even though it's dance hall. Yes, uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Tough not, industry. <laughs> not everyone, but yeah. Interesting. Now. Racism has been a hot button topic, an ongoing issue, especially for North America, actually, especially for the States. Have you ever felt so far in your career, have you ever had a time where you've felt racism in the music industry? Uh, yes, yes, I have. I've experienced racism. I mean, any black person in, in America, especially Brooklyn, yep. might, might have experienced racism on multiple occasions i have but i i must say when i've experienced racism in north america and in europe it wasn't because of music the one time that i did experience racism because of music was this is gonna sound crazy in the caribbean yeah I, i'm, I'm Come not gonna, on yeah i'm not i'm not gonna go go into it right it happened and i was just like wow it is happening like it's weird it's weird it's it's weird i'm I'm pretty sure people who know what happens would hear me say that and they know exactly what i'm talking about but i'm I'm not gonna go into it i mean it was a one-off thing it was it was only one time it was only it was one time but it, it did happen it did happen well, the fact that it happened, it sticks with you and you'll never forget it. So. Oh, yeah. I could, I could, you said it and I'm seeing it happening all over again. Like in my mind, I could, I could see it happen. You know? I believe it. Okay. Wow. With everything that's been happening, do you really think that things will start improving in the U.S.? Improving? Yes. But you see, improving, you can't measure improving. You know, improving is something slightly happens for the better that's an improvement 
True. The, the thing is, is that improvement enough? You know, there's there's such a long way to go, but I think what's happening now just needs to be magnified. It needs to happen more and needs not to be a trend. It needs not to go away. It needs not to be something that's done now and then calms down until someone else is killed or hurt because right. of racism. It, right. needs, it needs to continue. The movement needs to continue. Because I'll tell you one thing, and I'll tell you something that really surprised me. Okay. I, 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 of course, you know, racism exists, you know. You of know, course. Especially, especially against black people, people of color. Yep. yep. But what surprised me is how, how many people are starting to come out of their shell as far as exposing themselves as being racist. Like, there are pages on Instagram that I follow. And it's kind of like, you're so brazen. It's so many people. I'm like, wow. So now I'm thinking about all the people who I've come in contact with that I've encountered who might be racist and just wasn't letting it be known, you know? And that's crazy to me, but racist people are stupid, man. And, 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 and I don't mean stupid in a, in a funny way, like the actual definition of the word stupid, ignorant, which, which is not really the same thing, but they're ignorant. Yeah, and because they believe in their ignorance, that w- that's what makes them stupid. Because they they're, they lack knowledge, they don't understand. Like, rac- there's no need to be racist. Those people that that it's so, it's so kind of funny to me how stupid these people are. Like, yeah, they're mad at a, a race of people because of what something they had no control over. Yep, literally. Like, think about that. Literally, like, like you think you're better than me because you're born with less melanin than me. I should be thinking I'm better than you. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's crazy to me that a statement like black lives matter. See, the English language is a funny, funny thing. It's very funny. And this is why I also say they're stupid, dumb, unintelligent. Are you trying to tell me that black lives don't matter? Because they always respond, not always, but they tend to respond with all lives matter. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we know that, but we yeah. just want you to recognize that ours matter as well. But they, right. they, they lack the mental ability to fathom that. They right. don't understand that Black Lives Matter only means that we are people. Just like right. we matter. We're not saying we're better than you. We're not saying that you don't matter. We want you to understand that we matter, that we're not objects, we're not things, we're not trash. We matter. And it's funny, like a comedian was saying, can we just matter? Matter is a small thing. Matter means to mean something. We mean something. Can we just mean something? That's so hard. Wow. So if you're not intelligent enough to understand that that's what that life matter means, yeah, I, I, I pity you. I feel sorry for them. So be it. All right. Well, Another hot button topic that's been really prevalent uh, these days, COVID-19. And it's definitely, you know, caused so much havoc in the entertainment industry as a whole with so many concerts being closed, um, canceled, not being able to travel. How has it directly affected you with everything that's been going on? A lot of money lost. (laughs) Absolutely. A lot of money. thousand percent. Um. I'm not worried about it. I mean, besides not being able to do my shows, yeah. not being able to travel, 
I'm not worried about it because I'm I'm a homebody anyway. So quarantining doesn't bother me. I don't need to be outside to feel alive. You know, things of that nature. Maybe going to the gym. I miss going to the gym. But I, I always tell people when they ask me this during interviews, I say, minus the loss of wages. Yeah. And minus the loss of human life. We, we kind of needed this. We kind of needed not to be sick, not to be hurt, not to lose people, not to lose money. But we needed to calm down a little bit. I mean, it took COVID-19 for a lot of fathers and mothers to spend time mm-hmm. with their children. True. As, as opposed to people who don't matter in their life. True. You, you know what I'm saying? It, it took COVID-19 to, to, to make someone rest, take a break. Something as simple as that. You know, it, yep. it took COVID-19 to make people learn how to record themselves. Me. It took COVID-19 to make people realize, wait a minute, I have a talent here that I could tap into. Yeah, me. You know, so we needed to chill. We needed to not be so wild. You know, the universe needed it. The environment needed it. You know, from oh, all, yeah. the, all the, all the polluted pollutants and, you know, the cars, the smog, the everything, yep. you know, the, the littering. You know, the universe, the universe is a living organism. Yep. And if we don't, if we don't take care of it, it'll take care of itself. Itself. So it's true. Yeah. That is very true. All right. Well, we're going to switch it up and get back to the music. Now, as I was prepping for your interview, I came across one of your tracks, The Real Bad Boy. And it's reggae. Not going to lie. I was a little surprised. I did not know you did some reggae as well. And can you tell us a bit more about this track? And do you have any plans on doing some more reggae? That track, that track is so old. I barely yep. remember that. And I do a lot, a lot of music. I, I do a lot of music, a couple of songs per day once I feel the vibe. So okay. I, I like to experiment with music. I, I do what I do on different beats for, for the fun of it. You know, sometimes hoping something, may, just experimenting because you never know. That's what an experiment is, you know, trying to come up with, something new trying to trying to get to your destination in a new way um mm-hmm. my ep that's coming out july 10th actually has a dancehall track on it nice um i've been working with some dancehall producers here and there um, i'm not sure what's going on with those projects but i've recorded on a couple of dancehall tracks um lately um i've recorded on a hip-hop track lately music is music i've written a reggae track like like one drop reggae okay I mean, I, I do it all. I do it all. So, I mean, I know a lot of people might be surprised because Soka is really what took off for me. But if you listen to my music closely, you can hear a lot of dancehall in it because that's more naturally who I am. Well, over the years, you've released so many bangers after bangers from Life of the Party to Nasty Up and the list goes on and on. Now, what would you say is one of your favorite tracks and why? I, I couldn't really say because I, I have even songs I've written for people that I love, that I hold like, dear to my heart. Like you know, I, I love oh songs that I'm like Splinters, Shal Marshall, mm-hmm. um like it like this, Kesson Patrice, um yep, Whole Night, King Baba, um Old and Gray, um Patrice Roberts, Like It Hot, Patrice Roberts again, um um Marshall Montano, Falling, Marshall. Mm-hmm. Tano, play harder, a bunch of other, a bunch of other songs. I love, I love all those songs because a lot of those songs are like personal to me. So, you know, right. 
I just kind of pen them and let someone else send the message out there on my behalf. Um, Nasty Up is a very is a song that's, that I'm very comfortable performing. Okay. You know, because that's not, that's more naturally who I am and that's more naturally the Vinci vibe I was speaking about earlier. But I can't I can't deny the fact that I do love the other songs just as much. You know, despite with, with the whole COVID situation, it's amazing that you were able to transform your home into a home studio and still recording, still making music. That is amazing. Do you have any other projects? You said you have an EP coming out in July. July 10th. July 10th. And you also have an album dropping October? October. Anything else you have or you, you want our listeners to know about? Yeah, just just work upon work upon work that you have to look out for. I mean, the safest thing to do is to follow me on Instagram at Real Problem Child, R-E-A-L Problem Child, because I've been doing so much work and things will happen out of the blue sometimes because some of the stuff that I do, I'm not in control of. Like, they're not my projects. Right. And a producer or a label might decide, okay, I'm going to do something next week. And, you know, they didn't notify me before, so I had no knowledge, but I did the work and it, it was sitting there. And then they might have just decided, you know what, next week we're going to release this project. And then that's when I get the information, okay, the project is coming out next week. So that's the safest thing to do is to follow me on Instagram at Real Problem Child. Because when I'm notified that this project is coming out, I will let my audience know. Okay, excellent. A bunch of, out there, a bunch, a bunch of other stuff that's just out there. Okay, perfect. Now, Problem Child, what's next for you? Uh, probably go finish immediately next is probably go finish this song that I started this morning. Okay. Yeah, but I'm just waiting for this thing to pass, the whole situation, and see what happens in, when the world opens up, as, as, as everyone likes to say. See when yeah. the next carnival is. You know, people are still inquiring about 2021 bookings. So, you know, I'm just taking it in stride and see what happens next. Okay. Now you have tons of fans worldwide. And how do you handle this side of the business? Do you make yourself available to your fans? Sometimes too available. Like I, I, <laughs> yeah, like, I try. I believe it. <laughs> I, I try to respond to um, people, you know, wherever they may message me, which is mostly Instagram. But okay. a lot of times, you know, if, if people ever wonder why, artists don't respond it's not that they think they're too good is you may want to message an artist and say something positive but then to get to that he or she has to go through 10 15 things that they really don't want to encounter a lot of a bunch of different stuff you know so we're turned off by stuff like that sometimes and a lot of times we're just too busy sometimes right. we don't manage our own accounts so you're not really talking to us you know, but, you know, whenever I, I can, I do respond to people in my DMs or whatever. And sometimes some requests that people have, which is like somebody's like, your problem, write me a song. Okay. <laughs> this is the procedure. Oh, I thought you would have just written it. And, and, There's and, protocols. And, and you have to hear stuff like that. Not even like, hey, good day. My name is also just write me a song. Or people wow. question that you, 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 um, you write a song for their five year old. Okay. In, it happens. Wow. Yeah, it happens. And realistically speaking, like, really, I mean, of course, there are five-year-olds out there who might be worthy of that. Mm -hmm. But it's the approach sometimes. Sometimes, you know, the person is not serious. Sometimes it's a joke. And I really don't have time for that. I really don't have time 
to waste, I should say. That is right. my time is being wasted. For sure. Your, your time is very valuable. You have so much on the go. And those types of requests are just a waste of time. Yeah, That's it. Now, I did notice you have an amazing social media presence um, from your Facebook to your Instagram, your YouTube. Where else can our listeners connect with you online? It's basically there. Facebook, I'm not really a fan of Facebook. But you, whatever you see on my Facebook, for the most part, is whatever is posted on my Instagram and they, they're linked. Right. So, right. But I don't really go on Facebook like that. There's too much other stuff on there that has nothing to do with me right. or, or what I'm concerned about. Um, so it's basically Twitter, which is Vinci Bad Boy. Okay. And Instagram, which is Real Problem Child, is where I am as far as social media goes. And now, lastly, right now, we have a ton of your fans listening uh, worldwide. What message do you have for them? Wow. I mean, that's very broad. I mean, just stay safe. Stay safe and, you know, don't give up on your goals, your dreams, you know. Stay assertive and, you know, just, just stay, remain humble. And whatever you're trying to accomplish, it's doable. It could be done. Just don't give up. And buy my EP. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one song. Wait till the EP drop. It's five songs on there. It's called The Vaccine. And purchase one song. July 10th. July 10th. That's, 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 that's Thursday night, 1201. It's actually the 9th at midnight. But soon as, the 10 starts, which is 12 and 12 o'clock and a second after 12 is available. All right, guys, you heard it first. It'll be on YouTube as well, because I realize not all my fans, you know, have that ability or are capable to just purchase. Right. So all the songs will be on YouTube for their listening pleasure. This was awesome. Problem Child, you are doing an amazing job representing St. Vincent. And I know the people there are proud to have you as one of their own. I love that you were able to bring soca music to the masses and working hard at making it mainstream. It needs to be mainstream because at the end of the day, soca music is good. It's lively. It gets you in the mood to enjoy life. Yes, it does. And I absolutely. And I can't wait for the whole COVID situation to be done with so we can get our lives back and you'll be back where you belong on stage. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Looking forward to your new music and excited to see what's next for you. I would like to thank you for being a guest on my show. Anytime. And I'm a huge fan of your music. Love your performances. And I do truly appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule uh, to connect with us and share your experiences. And I love the impact that you have on Soka Music. Thank, thank you. you. Very much. Thank you. Have a great day. Everybody you too. Safe. Be good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. And with that, everyone, we're signing off for today. But I'll be leaving you with one of my favorite Soka tracks ever made. Yes, guys. I just said ever made. Problem Childs, life of the party. Yeah. Because I love to party. Again, you guys heard the story behind the track. And um, again, when I heard that track for the first time, it was like the Soka bugs bit me and I became a carnivalist and a fetter. And guess what? I ain't never going back. I love to fet, love to go to the carnivals, especially um, Miami Carnival, Orlando Carnival. I live for the carnivals, man. And uh, just like to say thank you to our listeners for listening to today's show. 
Hopefully you'll be tuning in next week. I have another amazing and exciting guest coming up. One of the six's upcoming DJs. And guess what? He's making waves worldwide, guys. I'm excited to have DJ Kevin on my show. Hopefully you're tuning in. And again, thanks for listening. Well, yes, I Open up the open up the open up the party me the eye. The original party animal. Jesus Christ on a party I'm at so. I went rock up front to the back so. DJ we keep the girl them hot so. How people have the man up so. I got liquor in my cup. I cup ya empty fill it up. And if you never know, never know for sure. We are the life of the party.